Welcome to the True Masculine Project. My name is Eric. I'm your host and fellow student on the path of masculinity. On this show, we will discuss personal development and masculine principles so we can be the best men that we can be. If you are new to the show, welcome, and you may want to head on over to the intro episode. Uh, describes the format and a little bit more about what we want to cover here. And for the rest of us, on to the show. Hey, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we pick up where we left off with King, Warrior, Magician, Lover. So if you are coming into this episode and have not heard the previous one, Please check that one out first before coming back to this one. We are picking up where we left off here with the Oedipal Child. And anyone familiar with the play Oedipus Rex knows that it's called the Oedipus Complex. Because uh, the dude, the king in the story, ends up marrying his mother. And uh, spoiler alert, it does not end well because obviously you shouldn't do that. Uh, in any case, like all of the immature masculine, the boy archetypes right and remember that the uh, the base of the mature masculine for each one of these pyramids that is uh, set aside in the book is built on top of or covering one of the boy aspects so the Oedipal child in a boy uh, psychology becomes the lover in the male psychology which we will get to but the the issue with the Oedipal child is that there has not been a break a separation with the mother he over identifies with the feminine and the book says that this generally comes from not enough uh, experience with the nurturing and protective aspect of the masculine. Um, and it can have some effects on your love life and, and essentially relationships with all women in the future. Because you put them, uh, you expect them to be the, let's call it the spiritual version of the divine feminine. As it's mentioned in the book, this all mother, all connection a uh, spiritual sort of source for you where they're not they're not people right that they're allowed to make mistakes you hold them to this super high standard that frankly no person could ever live up to and then you end up having all these arguments when instead of being an actual goddess she turns out to be a person in fact there's something there's a similar storyline um, in the iron john book where the boy has to be separated from his family you know, it goes into a ritual space with Iron John. They spend a lot of time in nature and he understands his connectedness to nature, uh, his part of the world. Not that man is some sort of separate animal who did not come from or was nurtured by the earth, that we are a part of an ecosystem. And uh, obviously you need to sustain that ecosystem so you can continue living in it. Uh, if you trash it and you treat it like garbage, don't be surprise when there comes a time where you can no longer live in that location. Largely, the Oedipal child in its proper context forms the basis of what we go on to call spirituality or an understanding of how we fit and are connected with our neighbors, both animal and human. Now, on the two shadow poles, just like the previous ones we have, the active one is called the Mama's Boy. At this point, uh, if you're listening to this, we are probably all familiar or have dealt with uh, mama's boys, right? People who can't make a decision for themselves, refuse to stand up and create boundaries, uh, basically live their own lives because they worry about their mother's disapproval. Um, unfortunately, do not place their girlfriends or partners or whatever 
you can never really have a strong connection with them because part of your attention is always going to your uh, mother. In addition, the book says that the mama's boy, if uh, left to sort of fester, right, that you don't really form the connection to the Oedipal child in its highest function, results in a man who is unable to commit to a, any one relationship and thusly uh, flutters about from one relationship to another. I'm not saying here that a committed relationship for a committed relationship's sake is the right thing to do. Given if you've heard any of my dating episodes, you know that I agree that people need to do a lot of dating around earlier in their lives, um, preferably, or hell, at just any time if you didn't do any, uh, to figure out what they like and what they don't like so that when you do make a commitment, you understand that this is the type of person that you really want to be with and you're going to work out some of these silly little shit that people end up getting uh, divorced over and you're going to learn how to communicate and, you know, kind of get through your general problems. Someone who has uh, not learned how to connect with themselves and form a connection with others is not going to do that. At the slightest sign of drama or trouble um, and not anything egregious like, you know, she cheats on you or you guys have some sort of boundaries that she continually breaks over and over again. But really small things, you're not going to want to learn how to deal with that, how to work through any true relationship with anybody. Hell, not just um, a lady, right, or a guy if you're into that, whatever, it doesn't matter. Not just a romantic relationship, but friendships as well. Not being able to problem solve or connect back with people when things are perfect. Uh, someone who doesn't learn how to uh, control this sort of energy just ends up fluttering about from person to person, never really staying in one location and setting down roots. And the passive side of this energy they call the dreamer. Um, and there's actually not much written down in here, thus that the, uh, the dreamer, like the other passives, basically does not try. So the mama's boy may be unable to commit, but at least he is willing to go out um, and actively try to uh, engage in the world, right? He may not stick around, may not uh, engage in the world in the most healthy ways, but is at least making attempts. The dreamer will decide that any relationship is impossible for him and thusly sits around on the sidelines, uh, may become attached to inanimate objects. And this is all according to the books here, right? His dreams becomes possessed by these things because he feels that these are actually obtainable and that, uh, you know, chasing the girl of your dreams or whatever is not really possible. This is probably where a lot of these incel dudes come from who decided they're just going to give up and that a relationship is never possible for them instead of admitting that if they make changes in their lives and had to actually put in some work, that they, just like any other dude out here, could get in a relationship. Okay, and we now come to the last of the boys' psychology sort of pyramids, as it were, which is called the hero. Now, the hero is going to be the most advanced out of all of the boy psychologies, but it is still boy psychology, so it will always be a little immature in comparison to its masculine psychology, counterpart. Now, um, if it's carried over into adulthood as the governing archetype, it blocks men from full maturity. And we will break that down a little bit after we uh, talk about the two shadow poles here, and we'll talk about the, the active one as is tradition. First, the grandstander bully. Someone living inside of this grandstander bully energy of the hero, uh, one, does not want to be challenged, and if you do challenge them, they respond with rage. But two, everything they do doesn't come from a place of acting out of security, but from trying to impress people. 
and those actions carry a different sort of feel to them. Like if you say a joke because you thought it was funny versus you say a joke looking for a reaction out of someone, people can feel the difference between those two things and they respond accordingly. This type of person takes risks and while risk taking is good, they need to be calculated versus the reward of taking said risk and not just taking risks for the hell of taking risks. And it's easy to tell the difference if you are doing it because you want the recognition and not because of the reward on the other side. Not because if I take this risk, one, I can mitigate my downsides, but two, this feels like the right thing to do internally um, versus I'm doing it because I'll get some cheers from the crowd. Uh, that's how you can sort of tell if you're living in this mindset or not. The book itself uses Top Gun as an example, with Tom Cruise being in this grandstander bully type uh, mentality until an incident happens later, and that the difference between Tom Cruise's character and the Iceman's character is that Tom Cruise is stuck in a boy-like hero mentality, and the Iceman is uh, the mature masculine of this version is called the Warrior. The hero's downfall of the grandstander bully, right, is that he is unable or he doesn't know or is unwilling to acknowledge his own limitations. Uh, the difference between boy behavior and man behavior is that you are willing to see where you're, what you're good at, what you're not good at, and uh, either A, outsource the things you're not good at to somebody else, or B, learn to cover up those deficiencies. Um, you know, you have different philosophies on if it's better to just double down on your strengths or you have to work on some of your weaknesses and depending on what that actual weakness is, you'll have different sort of advice from people. But the the hero, the grandstander bully, won't even acknowledge the fact that he has a weakness at all. And obviously this comes with problems. Like all immature masculine archetypes, the hero is overly tied to the mother, but the hero has a driving need to overcome her. You'll see this type of behavior from people who feel the need to prove that they are a real man. Now the other side of this, the passive pole, is the coward. Also something that seems pretty self-explanatory, will not stand up and fight or create boundaries in situations where that is the appropriate response. Uh, you have people where their response to everything is just peace um, and they are afraid of using force, any type of force, because they don't want to be like those other guys. Uh, that type of person is living in this coward type of energy. Being a asshole bully to some people is not bad, but living on the complete opposite end, which is what people tend to do to solve their problems. If this didn't work, um, if once if the opposite of crazy people is still crazy, so you need to find a middle ground. Being a super asshole ain't good. Uh, being a super passive pushover who never goes for anything is not good either. Someone who you people that you've interacted with in the past who just randomly blow up at you for behavior that you have consistently exhibited uh, are probably also acting from this same energy. So maybe you did something that bothered them, but they decided to just go along with it and not say anything about it. Um, they form these little, uh, you know, this is the nice eye syndrome. It's the covert contract. The person who feels that eventually you're going to return some sort of favor or change your behavior if they are just nice or good enough instead of standing up for themselves and creating a boundary when behavior is inappropriate. Straight from the book itself, he will tend to allow himself to be bullied emotionally and intellectually as well. When someone else is demanding or forceful with him, the boy under the power of the coward, un unable to feel heroic about himself, will cave in. He will easily acquiesce to the pressures from others. He will feel invaded and run over like a doormat. 
So what does the hero energy do in its proper context? The hero allows the boy to mobilize his ego structures, right, into ones that are going to be ready for the, the difficulties, the things that you will face moving from the mother's world as a child to the father's world as a man to prepare yourself for the responsibilities that you will take on as an adult in this world. Also, to allow yourself to break away from your parents and establish yourself as your own unique person. In stories, the death of the hero symbolizes the death of boyhood, that um, a male has met the enemy, realized that it is your weaker self, that you aren't excellent and great at everything, but you do have limitations and uh, the ability to ask for help to learn how to overcome those limitations is important. Remember that a boy cannot initiate himself into manhood. It has to be done by an older man. Uh, so the first thing you need to do is understand your limitations. Um, and the second is get the help that we need. Quote from the book, if we are possessed by the hero, we will fall under the negative aspect of this energy and live it out as Tom Cruise's character did, the inflated feelings and actions of the grandstander bully. We will walk over others in our insensitivity and arrogance, and eventually we will self-destruct, ridiculed, and cast out by others. If we are in the passive pole of the hero's bipolar shadow, possessed by the coward, we will lack the motivation to achieve anything of significance for human life. But if we access the hero energy appropriately, we will push ourselves up against our limitations. We will venture to the frontiers of what we can be as boys. And from there, if we could make the transition, we will be prepared for our initiation into manhood. And now a brief word from one of our sponsors, Audible. Hey, so we have all heard that knowledge is power. So if knowledge is power, access and the ability to digest that knowledge is a superpower. Uh, however, not all of us have time to sit and read at the end of the day in our busy lives full of hustle and bustle. We are always on the move and in the middle of working long hours, trying to get things done, working on side projects, or frankly, just taking care of yourself and your family. You may not have time to sit down and read. And that's why I love Audible. Audible allows you to take advantage of those transition moments like the gym, like your drive to work, like cooking, to install new knowledge that you did not have before to help take you from where you are now to where you want to be. There are thousands of titles available on Audible, including bestsellers like Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is Away, Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and others. Start your 30-day trial today and your first book is free. Go to audibletrial.com slash truempodcast to get started. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-L.com slash true, T-R-U-E, M-P, podcast. And now, back to the show. All right, now we are about to get into uh, man psychology, which they break down as the king, warrior, magician, and lover. Pretty obvious, given that that's the... <laughs> name of the book right and before they start with this they make a point especially when they talk about therapy is that you are not responsible for what happened to you but uh, that you have to take responsibility for your actions as an adult and fix those things um, just because you are uh, you were traumatized in the past 
Does that mean that you need to live your entire life repeating the same cycle over and over and over again? Tom Bilyeu has a podcast called Impact Theory, and a lot of it is about mindset. Can't recommend it enough if you like positive things. He also has uh, health and fitness, as he was the uh, one of the founders of Quest Nutrition. But he has this saying where everything is his fault, right? And you understand that obviously everything is not your fault, but you need to do whatever it is in your power to uh, to fix these things, to safeguard things, to secure your future um, and live the life that you want to live. Even if some shitty things have happened to you and it's not your fault, the I've been victimized so I am a permanent victim is not a strong mentality to come from. You don't make any changes from there. You know, life's not equal. We all don't start at the same place. We don't all have the, the same athletic ability. But what we do have, at least in America and most Western countries, even if all the other shit that goes down, you do have the ability, the freedom to change your behaviors and start moving towards the life that you want, assuming that you're able to identify what that even looks like. And we've talked about that before and move towards that. All right, and now that that rant is over, and it's not the first or last rant that I will ever do, let's move on to the king. Uh, From the book here, the king comes first in importance, but generally comes online last. We could say that the king is the divine child, but seasoned, complex, wise, and unlike the divine child, is uh, not selfish or just ultimately self-involved. The king is willing to shepherd, to look out for the members of his kingdom. And directly from the book here, in many ways, king energy is father energy. It is our experience, however, that although the king underlies the father archetype, it is more extensive and more basic than the father. Now, in most cultures, a king is not important. Uh, The majority of us do not have kings, but you have to remember archetypes are based on old things that are sort of built into human consciousness. And the king is supposed to be the shepherd of his realm, right? He takes care of his people and he lives his life in service of the realm, you know, in whatever ways that may be a good king anyway. In fact, a lot of ancient cultures believe that the generative power of the gods was given to the land by the king and this is why you had a lot of king killing rituals back in the day because they believed that that king was no longer able to channel that power down from uh you know wherever the hell you got it from and uh they needed a new king to take his place to shepherd the people going forward so the king was thought to have two functions in his fullness the first of these is ordering And the second is the providing of fertility and blessing as the central male archetype. So the ordering part um, is also interesting that they used to call the king the lord of the four quarters because the king sat in the center of a city and uh, his protection was radiated out. And then they had circled the city and uh, with a wall, which is literally why like the old school town looks like a square village cut into quarters right and then it's got a circle wall around it in any case the king and his ordering uh, responsibility sets down laws aka creates boundaries for his people to follow with the promise that if you follow these laws um, you obey the commands right that you will have orderly peaceful lives safeguarded by the king 
In fact, directly from the book here, it is the mortal king's duty not only to receive and take to his people the right order of the universe, acting in a proper way, and cast it into societal form, but even more fundamentally to embody it in his own person. Uh, so where the king exists, there is order, and where the king does not exist, there is disorder and chaos. Uh, think about certain areas of your life uh, where you are handling your business, that shit runs smoothly. Uh, you handle stuff at work, you are confident in what you are doing. Uh, when you are not handling your business, shit can go all over the place. And uh, in old times, this is represented by famine and other things, you know, rebels coming in and destroying your shit. And this is why when a king outgrew his usefulness, they killed him to place a new king, uh, a new ordering principle to shepherd the tribe, to safeguard the tribe into the future. Now, this chapter does a lot of uh, comparison to different societies in the world um, and how they all sort of follow this similar structure, whether they were in ancient China or Native American tribes here. Uh, the other thing they mentioned is that they believe that the problem with families and the breakdown of the family is lack of masculinity, not too much of it. And that because the there's no masculine ordering principle, you are not doing your job inside of your relationships, frankly, not setting boundaries, not offering a safe space, uh, even if that's just emotionally, you know, then the kingdom, the realm, your house, your relationships, your jobs all fall apart. Quote from the book here that when there is an immature, a weak or an absent father and the king energy is not sufficiently present, the family is very often given over to disorder and chaos. Okay, so moving on from the ordering, which is what a good king does, the setting of boundaries. The second part was blessing and fertility. Now, you still had a lot of, of women goddesses who were uh, gods of fertility. Obviously, ancient people recognized that it takes both male and female energy uh, to create new life. However, on the cultural plane, as far as, you know, the mastery of the natural world, you know, hunting, taming, guarding, the creation of civilization and technology, those that's where a lot of masculine generative energy has been prominent uh, historically. There's also plenty of stories where you would take a baby to a king or a father type leader figure to be blessed. Um, once again, back to the king killing rituals. They believe that if the king was healthy and, um, you know, able to spread a seed around to his wives and concubines and willing to provide proper blessing to his people, then the crops would grow, rains would fall. When the king embodied the, the culture of the society, acted like the, the upward, um, the highest, most value to look forward to in what they define as masculine in that society then the other just basically a role model frankly that the other men and boys in the society would have that to look up to uh whether we would agree with uh, how those people acted as right or wrong you know in the case of you know the huns the mongols coming across the fields and killing all sorts of people but they followed a strong man who embodied their types of cultural you can probably hear bernie a little bit in the background so to make a long story short as the mortal king did so did the realm Ultimately, the book conjectures that the reason why guys can't quote unquote get it together is because they do not have the blessings or uh, having an older man, a mentor type figure, uh, like we talked about in the Iron Giant episodes, see them 
for what they can be uh, and to bless them, to anoint them, right? To say that you can do more than what you have been doing. Uh, have you thought about X, Y, Z? Offer suggestions, help them open their eyes to things that are beyond them based on the wisdom of just having lived longer. And for better or worse, uh, boys tend to live up to the expectations and the, the visions that other people have for them. Uh, probably all children in general at that point. Um, if someone believes that you can do more, you tend to try. If someone believes that you are smart and you get bad grades, uh, I will encourage you to study, obviously, if done properly, versus if people expect you to be a dumbass um, and you don't score well, you don't do anything with your life, because why would you do anything different? You are a dumbass, right? Quote from the book here, the king archetype in its fullness possesses the qualities of order, of reasonable and rational patterning of integration and integrity in the masculine psyche. It stabilizes chaotic emotion and out-of-control behaviors. It gives stability and centeredness. It brings calm. And in its fertilizing and centeredness, it, made, it mediates vitality, life force, and joy. It also brings uh, the ability to maintain a positive situation and just, frankly, balance to one's life. It looks upon the world with a firm but kindly eye. It sees others in all their weakness and in all their talent and worth. It honors them and promotes them. It guides them and nurtures them towards their own fullness of being. It is not envious because it is secure as the king. It knows its own worth. It rewards and encourages creativity in others. I mean, this ending section of the king you could just read the whole damn page it is in its central incorporation and expression of the warrior it because the king comes online after you get all these other archetypes which we're going to talk about in order right so in its central incorporation and expression of the warrior it represents aggressive might when that is what is needed when order is threatened it also has the power of inner authority it knows and discerns its magician aspect it acts out of this deep knowingness. It delights in us and others is a lover's aspect and shows this delight through words of authentic praise, concrete actions that enhance our lives. All right, on to the shadow poles of the king, just like the boy energies, the male energies have shadow sides as well. Uh, you have the tyrant and the weakling. And it is my opinion and the book's opinion as well that uh, although occasionally we'll run into the positive aspect of the king, um, that unfortunately the majority of us have dealt with and received the uh, the energies of the shadow aspect, which is why you have people throwing around phrases like toxic masculinity, which is not masculinity at all, but just boys behaving badly, which I've gone on and on about. Uh, so, But this is why people have been attacking masculinity. This is also why I feel that men try to divorce themselves from things that they consider to be masculine because they don't want to be those guys. The answer is more masculinity, not less. So on the active side of this, we have the tyrant. And the tyrant hates, fears, and envies new life because that new life he senses is a threat to his slim grasp on his own kingship. Unlike the king in a proper place, he is not at the center of the city. He does not bring a calm, generative energy to his kingdom, either internally, yourself, right? Or externally, the people that are in your general vicinity, the people that you live and work with on a daily basis. A person in this type of, of mindset accessing this type of energy is not creative, but destructive. In fact, uh, someone accessing the proper energy of the king 
realizes when uh, a time has come for him to step aside and to give uh, space for a new leader, a new king. Um, this You see this sometimes when a CEO steps down or at the proper time or you raise up a you raise and train up a supervisor someone younger than you that you see talent in uh someone accessing the tyrant energy is never going to do that because they feel that if they train you um they give you the skills to be as good or replace them then they will no longer have a job this type of person lives in fear uh, and fear frankly causes people to do shitty things the tyrant exploits and abuses others. He is ruthless, merciless, and without feeling when he is pursuing what he thinks is in his own self-interest. His degradation of others knows no bounds. He hates all beauty, all innocence, all strength, all talent, all life energy. He does so because as he lacks inner structure, he is afraid and terrified of being replaced. That's a quote from the book. So on the other side of this, you have the man possessed by the weakling. Who also lacks centeredness, calmness, and security within himself, which leads to uh, paranoia as well. And from this, paranoia becomes the um, the types of oppressive behaviors that inspire disloyalty and in people to begin with. It is the very fear of the thing that causes the thing to materialize in the first place. You believe everyone is out to get you. You act like an asshole. No one wants to be around. Thusly, people actually are out to get you. Quote from the book, paranoia is destructive of one's own sense of calmness and orderliness, works to destroy one's own character and that of others, and invites retaliation. So we have a short bit here about accessing the king, and the main takeaway is to understand that we are not the king energy, right? Uh, but we are drawing access to and can embody these types of behaviors. So uh, the book itself says that imagine that the archetype in its fullness, the ideas that go into this are a star and the planet is you orbiting the star. So you draw life and heat and energy or basically right ways of being in the world from the star, the primordial archetype. But you are not that thing. You are just embodying it. Um, sort of its passenger, or um, if we take it back to the old school times, you are the physical embodiment of this type of energy on Earth for a limited amount of time. And at some point, that energy will be inherited by someone else. All right, quote from the book here. The ego of the mature man needs to think of itself, no matter what status or power it has temporarily achieved, as the servant of a transpersonal will or cause. It needs to think of itself as a steward of the king energy, not for the benefit of itself, but for the benefit of those within its realm, whatever that may be. And they end the chapter with uh, two different things. They talk about what happens with under-identification with this type of energy and over-identification with this type of energy. So under-identification, a person who won't set proper boundaries and are unwilling to take responsibility for their own actions these are the people who are willing to abdicate all thought to the powers that be of whatever type of civilization that you live in and try to push off the responsibility of all of their actions onto someone else. Uh, regardless of what the situation is, uh, no one can make you do anything. Now, you can be coerced by violence and, you know, due to self-preservation, you choose to do a thing, uh, but that action is still wrong. You can always choose not to take it. Uh, you just decide that you didn't want to suffer the consequences, so you would rather meet those consequences out on someone else. 
the behavior itself is still wrong. Uh, and then you have the over-identification is that when this person becomes super self-centered that instead of serving and protecting and being a guiding force in the world, that the world exists to serve him, uh, his whims, basically the adult version of the high chair tyrant who believes that everything exists to serve him. And if he doesn't get his way, lashes out uh, like a child without bothering to think about the further consequences of his actions. This isn't to say you have to look out for people all the time who frankly don't deserve it. This also isn't to say that you can't change your mind if you made a bad decision in the past. But there is a difference between just burning all of your bridges on an emotional reaction and really taking the time to sit down and think about what you want and then to make that decision from that place. Uh, so that's going to wrap this episode up. We'll pick up with some more uh, of the male archetypes next week. I love you guys. Be good to each other. And I'll see you. Thank you for hanging out with me on the True Masculine Project. Please like, rate, and subscribe in your favorite podcasting app. Uh, if you want to interact with the show, you can catch us on Instagram at true, T-R-U-E-M-P underscore podcast. See you next time.